Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Sunday, May 22nd. There are still seven days left of the 2022 NCAA men's D1 lacrosse season. But the Maryland Terrapins, they are your national champs. I mean, there's there's nothing more that anyone needs to see. Maryland is the best team in the nation. They're probably the best college lacrosse team of all time. As we are recording this, it is now 16-7 to 7, Maryland over Virginia with eight minutes still to go in the fourth quarter. I'm Jordy from Barstool, and with me, we've got Dukes on the mic, and Dukes is just, uh, he looks like he's in agony watching this right now. No, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm shocked that, like, you know, I thought that Virginia would have woken up a little bit. I thought their defense, they came out firing, but it just, they, like, they, they didn't lack the intensity or the effort. Maryland would just put on a master class. It was honestly probably the most impressive performance I've seen in, in quite some time. Like, blown away. Um, it's official. Maryland is the best lacrosse team I have ever seen. I just someone tweeted at us like the analytics behind Maryland and how 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 above and beyond they are to everyone else that's ever played the sport of lacrosse. It, it's just it's impressive as fuck. I don't even know how the other teams show up next weekend. To be honest, congrats I mean, to Maryland. Congrats I mean, to Maryland. Like we we watched. Okay, so that regular season matchup between Maryland and Virginia. Obviously, the final score, like an, an ass kicking for sure uh, for Maryland. Um, but like we had mentioned before, like we, you know, watching that game, it never really seemed holy shit. Schellenberger just got smoked. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, it, it just never really seemed like it was that like wide open of a game. Like, you know, both defenses actually weren't playing terribly. Um, You know, there were a ton of goals, but like it all just came down to Maryland just being like way too deep for Virginia to keep up with. Um, I mean, this time around though, like, no, it's not like Virginia lacked the intensity or anything like that, but their star players were nothing against uh this this maryland defense like i think that's that was the scariest part of all about this game this this go around in the quarterfinals between maryland and virginia i mean the fact that brett makar was able to hold schellenberger to i mean we, we won't know his final stats as we're recording this right now but shelly not a problem um you know zapatello and and ray hill and the rest of those guys holding matt moore in check matt moore not a problem in this game. Like the fact that, you know, this defense was able to hold what would be like the second most lethal offense in college across and just make them all non-problems besides maybe Jeff Connor. Um, like that is what's scary about heading into next weekend. Right. Because like, no matter what Maryland's offense is going to get theirs, right? They're just too deep. They're too loaded. They're going to score. They're going to score in waves. And the only chance that you have is that you have an offense that's deadly enough to keep up with it. If Schellenberger and Matt Moore can't do that, I, I don't know. Can uh, Sam, can Sam English and Colter McAsey? They're good players. They're not Schellenberger and Matt Moore. Can CJ Curse and, and Piatelli? They're good players. They're not Schellenberger and Matt Moore. No, it's just a sleep. It's a sleep on fact. Wait, so one thing, the, the most impressive thing, I think, I, Zapatella was marked up on 
um, on Shelly for most of the game. And it was like, I, I for sure thought they were going to put Makar on him. Shut him the fuck down. Still, still at this point, no points for Shelly. So, again, like their stories didn't set up, but like, is it kind of on Lars? I said Lars would put on a masterclass. You know, I was talking last podcast that Lars owns Tillman, but it looks like he made no adjustments from the first time around. He's, he's sticking to the big little sets. Um, clearly weren't working. They couldn't get Cormier open on the crease. There's like one time they got open. Yeah, I think Cormier has one shot, maybe two. He just scored his second. So, I mean, fuck. But, I mean, but like, my, my thing, I don't know if. The All right, so defense listen, was like, the most impressive. The yeah. defense was the most impressive part for me for Maryland today, like without a doubt. I don't want to bail out Lars here because I think that Lars like did a, a classic case of, of overthinking in this game, um, you know, between like going into zone against Anthony DeMeo, like the angriest shooter in college across. You might not want to zone up against that guy um, like there, you know, the 10 man ride like that type of shit. Like like there, there is some stuff here where like Lars definitely deserves quite a bit of, of blame, but like the the defensive matchup against you know, the defensive performance that Maryland put on here where, yeah, like they were trying to get those big little looks and against most teams, those would have been perfectly good look, right? Like they, they were setting it up. They were getting, um, you know, what, where they need to go. And Maryland just refused to switch on anything, right? They, they would just get under those picks, make sure that they keep their matchups and then they would win those one-on-one. Like that's just like Lars, a coach can only do so much when, the players on the other team are just so much better than anybody else that they're going up against. So, um, I mean, Lars definitely didn't have himself a, a good day at all um, as he's getting his ass kicked by John Tillman and his iPad. But at the end of the day, I don't think that anybody could have done anything against this Maryland team. I, I agree. And I don't want to take anything to, I, I said, don't, I said last year in the national championship, it looked like Virginia was running away with it. And that's when Weirman came in and kind of owned PD at the X. I was like, if PD can't win the face-off, face-offs today, like you can't give, you can't give Maryland two, like, you know, like if you keep it down to like 60 or below, you might have a chance. But when Weirman goes 70% from the face-off X and you give Maryland that many possessions with that talented of an offense, you're basically giving your team no chance to win the game. Like then all of a sudden your offense, if you're Matt Moore and you're Shelly, I'm not giving, like taking any blame, like I'm not trying to take blame away from them, but like if you, if you're, you start rushing your possessions, you start looking for those shots, maybe shots that you wouldn't normally take. Um, their shooting percentage was awful. I want to see how much how many saves McNaney has through this point. McNaney has eleven saves, eight goals against. But like it, it yeah, but it even like, like it's, I think it like has five. Had, he, yeah, yeah, but but like I mean, there are eleven saves for sure. But I don't really remember many where it's like, oh, like thank God McNaney was in yes. the cage for Maryland there. Like like no one was stopping that one. You know, it's like yes. like a lot of like Matt Moore maybe like kind of like fate, like not getting himself to the cage and kind of shooting, fading away a little bit. Um, I mean, like, I know that Shelly had one where he hit that, like that jumping fade away question mark. That was like popcorn. So um, I mean, McNamee looked good and he, I mean, he, he was awesome in the clear game too. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's not like he like didn't do a great job to, you know, uh, to add on to this dominant performance for Maryland, but it's also like, the defense was just so sick that they could have, I mean, Maryland could have thrown multiple different guys in net for this one. And we'd be looking at a very similar result here. Something just happened on the TV that pissed me the fuck off. Higgins, Higgins was just talking shit to Matt Moore. I mean, like, yeah, like, okay, Maryland, I'm telling, I'm 
Maryland this year is better, like the best team I've ever seen. But shut the fuck up talking to a two-time champ. Like you think that, like, yeah, like his career is over. He had like one of the best careers you could possibly ever have for a college lacrosse player. Like uh, missing I'm, the tour. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to assume that Matt Moore probably was talking a plethora of shit in last year's national championship game. Yeah, won the title. You know, like two titles. No right. But but I'm but I'm, but I'm saying I'm two. saying if, if you're if you're if you're beating that guy and like you're like subbing in like your fourth stringers in a quarterfinal game and you're ending his I'm I'm fine with the shit talking that in that regard. And I'm a Matt Moore guy. Kiss, kiss, the, two. Guy. kiss the two. Kiss yeah, the well, two. Yeah, well, yeah, he can say that back, but I'm saying you can't like not talk shit to no, Matt Moore because he's won when you just ended his career by doubling them up in the quarterfinals. Like this is the time, this is the time, this is the time where you really like jam your foot on their throat. Like you throw sportsmanship out the window on this one. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm also a Homer, but I'm like, still got the best of you through the, for the past three years, but credit to Maryland. Uh, I mean, I like, what are your plans for next week? And what beach are you going to go to? Dude, I mean, next weekend is going to be, uh, I mean, just now I will say the, the Rutgers Cornell game, I'm very interested in because of the curse factor. Right. So, so like, I, I almost, I don't even want to watch the game. If ESPN can just give me a live feed on mama curse the entire time, I'll watch that. I'll watch that on repeat. I love mama cursed. Um, so you know, so so you get to see CJ and, and, and Colin going up against each other. Um, I do think that Rutgers Cornell will be a, a, a somewhat. It'll be an OK game. Like it, it'll be like a game that like I'd be excited to watch like uh, like end of March. It's not necessarily a game that I'm going to get excited for for championship weekend. It's got no juice in that regard. Um, I'll be rooting for Cornell, obviously, um, just because my hatred of Rutgers and also like would love Connor Busick to kind of just keep building his, you know, personal resume. Um, but yeah, I mean that Maryland Princeton game is going to be a complete dick kicking. And then that Maryland, whoever they play on Memorial day, Monday is going to be an absolute dick. Like I, I think Maryland wins both games next weekend by a combined, I'll call it 23 goals. Really? I don't know. If, I don't know if Princeton will be a blowout. Like what's a blowout in Maryland terms. But, but like, what is, what is Princeton going to do to stop Maryland? Like they, they've got like a, a perfectly good goalie. Noon was also good heading into this game. He got fucking lit up that Sandoval is a perfectly fine faceoff guy. PD LaSala was like the guy and he just got waxed by Luke Weirman all day. Um, Sandoval also didn't play the last time that Maryland went out. Didn't take a single face off. So that's something to look out for. And they lost 15 to 10. So that's an interesting factor. No, you don't think so. Come on. You're not going to say that Maryland wins by three now. (laughs) I mean, it was 70 to 30 last time. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, all right, so, so like, fifth, if it goes 70 30 again, if it goes, I'll say this if it goes 70 30 again and Sandoval is not a factor at all, like Weirman's the best face off guy in the country, in my opinion, right now. But if Sandoval goes 30%, just like uh, Barrett did for Princeton, then like, yeah, like Maryland's going to win by five plus again. 
But Sam English got his. He got four goals last time that uh, Maryland went out. Uh, Princeton went out against Maryland. So like, yeah, but like that's that's the issue. Is like, all right, so you put that on tape. You gave Maryland, like you're you said, here's our recipe, and here's the cake that we're gonna make. And then like Maryland just like, okay, that's awesome. We're going to just devour that shit and fuck you up for, like, we'll have our our third string guys in to start the second half just so that they're fresh for everyone's fresh for Monday. Uh I don't know. I, look, I'm taking Maryland. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stick up for Princeton here. The over. I don't even know what it is. Definitely the play. Also, uh, shout out to me. I went 0 for four on my picks this weekend. I didn't pick one game right. Yeah, I mean, thank God for Maryland, or else I would. Uh, I mean, this was the only one where we had different. Um, someone was like, someone was like, chat like you guys are fucking idiots. You, you guys are fucking idiots. You didn't pick one game right. It's like, yeah, dude, we don't keep record of our like if we took if we kept our records. Maybe we'd be over, but we don't. Um, yeah, and I mean, also, like, who could have seen this weekend being such a gigantic stinker that it was? We had four quarterfinal games this weekend. Not a single one was good. Yeah, All, and like, like and, and, okay, let me say, Penn Rutgers was a, a fine lacrosse game. I, I thought it was fine, like. Great goaltending on both ends of the field. So I'm, and I'm not a guy who usually gives goalie their, their credit, but I'll give um, Kirsten Birkenshaw their flowers on that one. Like that was a great goaltending performance by those guys. It wasn't a, like a, a great memorable game in any sense, but it was a game where like, if you watched it in March, you'd be like, all right, yeah, like that was good. The fact that it was an NCAA quarterfinal game where I'm not going to remember yeah. really a single moment of that game. Not great. Um, the the Cornell um, Cornell Yale game was uh, not Cornell Yale game. The Princeton Yale game was like I don't I don't remember. The only Over. thing I remember from that game was uh, George Bond just fucking someone yeah. up. On the, um, on the, yeah, yeah, just that. By the way, I didn't even re- like George Bond from about I don't know like three minutes away from my house. So um george if you're listening to the podcast right now let's uh let's, let's go out and grab a beer after the season's over and your season will be over uh saturday either at like Whoa. either at like 2 15 or at like 5 15 oh yeah i don't know if he's gonna grab beers anymore george <laughs> Dude, I, I i mean i, I so yesterday uh, by the way let's just i when i was when i was going into this podcast i was like i don't even know about like the breakdown of the games one thing the hofstra environment compared to the columbus environment was day and night it was so much better at hofstra's the stands were packed. They were like, actually, like, and it, Rutgers showed the fuck out. Like, it, they took over like three fourths of the bleacher. Penn, Penn had like a good, loud stand, but it wasn't even compared to Rutgers. They definitely were the biggest crowd of the day. Same with Princeton. Um, hot as shit. One, that was the most memorable part of the day. And then two, Kirst, Kirst played. I, I wasn't watching like the telecast, so I couldn't keep up with like the saves. I'm going to look it up right now, but it legitimately seemed like he had 23 saves. It was one of the best best goalie performances I feel like I've ever seen. Yeah, and like those were ones who were all right. So I don't think that Penn's offense looked that great. Hanley was hurt. Okay, so Han- that was Hanley- those rumors, and there was those were the rumors. Rumors, people. Once 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 Rutgers went up, once Rutgers went up, people said Hanley's hurt. Hanley's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be. Gotta be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Han- I mean, Hanley just, uh, I mean, that's, that's just, that's a game where, 
Um, you know, we always talk about the tournament where like, okay, like maybe a guy can go out and, and win himself the Tawaraton, like a finalist can go mm-hmm. out into the tournament and win himself a Tawaraton. That was a moment that, you know, that was a game for Sam Hanley where he went out there and it was like, okay, yeah, this guy's definitely not winning the Tawaraton now. Um, just a, a, a pretty, pretty just silent game out of big Sam. Um, he had, uh, I mean, he had like one, like pretty sweet assist, but, um, really non-factor, but like either, either way, like, I, I don't think that Penn's offense looked great, but they were still getting some good looks every once in a while inside. And like, they were, they were hitting some, um, you know, they were getting some looks where if a few of those drop, like maybe they start to get that juice. Maybe they start to feel a little bit more confident with their next possession. Um, maybe they go on a bit of a run and every single time that they got one of those potentially dangerous looks curse was just an absolute menace between the pipes. So that, that was, um, I mean, obviously a, a massive, massive difference maker there. I mean, yeah, I just looked it up 18 saves for cursed. That's just a, like a remar- remarkable effort. Um, but b- besides that, I mean, if, if Rutgers does want any chance next weekend to win the national championship, I'm calling on TJ Hitchings, Rutgers super fan. He, I think he has to go to the game because if they lose, it's definitely like they need, the, they need the power that they need, the, they need the sauce. So like they could have a little bit of an advantage, you know, New Jersey's not too far away. TJ's just down the block. So who knows? And I'm calling on TJ Hitchings to show up to that game. It, it really does put his Rutgers, allegiance and fandom into question if he's not there um what 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 was it earlier this year was it was it basketball or football where he was in attendance and they were just basketball and they beat the number basketball and they beat the number one team in the country so plenary saying i'm gonna i'm gonna tweet at him off the crease account right now put it um i i will say though if ruckers ends up winning that game that is going to be such a massive disappointment for, for Monday. If we have to watch, all right. So first go around, it was uh, Maryland 17 Rutgers nine second go around Maryland 17 Rutgers seven. So if we just follow that logic, Memorial day, Monday, Maryland versus Rutgers 70, 17 to five. Good yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, national champs officially but yeah i think that um okay well all right huge news uh virginia just scored to bring the game within single digits with 51 seconds left so we're we're so off (laughs) me and you are so off i just saw i saw the final score go up and i go oh game over and you said all right well evans in scored yes (laughs) yeah i'm 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 50 seconds behind but uh credit to hey credit to virginia they kept it within single digits and i mean that's really all you can ask for against this maryland team quite easily all right so there are still two more games to go don't see any chance of them dropping either of those um but i mean this is this is the most dominant college across team that has ever been assembled yeah and i i just saw lars on the, the sideline if you might you might see in a couple seconds where he he just mouthed he's like yeah they were really freaking good so yeah he's not wrong they're really freaking good um i i am i'm, a, I'm not gonna lie i'm a little interested I'm a little interested. I'm a little interested in the Princeton game. I'm a little interested in the Princeton game. Right. But like, all right. So they, they lost by five Uh and now Maryland has all that to build off of from there. There's two, there's two, there's two avenues that you can look at this game. In my opinion, if you're like trying to look at like a storyline, 
to like sell yourself on a game. You could either go Maryland already treated the Virginia game as the national championship, and they're like, it's a cakewalk now, which I don't, I don't think, think they, they do. I don't think that they. I don't think they. I think they need to finish the business. I think they know that. But I'm, I'm just telling you on a storyline. Like you could sell yourself on that storyline, and you could also be like, this is a. It, it is a down spot. Like you already beat Princeton. You just beat the two-time national champs. I think that Princeton has a better face-off guy facing off for them now. Like if if he neutralizes, if he neutralizes. Weirman, Dukes, don't do this. Sh- Dukes, don't do this. Don't do this. Why do you do this? Why do you do this? They have a shot to cover the spread. They have a shot to cover the spread. What's the spread? Eight and a half? I don't think so. I think it might be lower than. If, I think if Virginia was four and a half, I think that Princeton will be like three and a half. Four. Princeton was like the number two RPI team. Like if they're going off analytics and everything, like I. I don't agree with you, but they just go off computers for spreads. Like it could be three and a half, four. It won't be anything higher than five. If it's higher than five, I'd be shocked. All right. I I mean, if yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, you know, you know exactly how I feel about this one with facial expressions. Uh, if you're listening on on the podcast right now, um, dude, you're you're an absolute maniac. Don't do this to yourself. Did you see there's, oh, there's literally this. there's literally no reason whatsoever <laughs> in in this reality that we are living in right now in this universe there is no reason why you should try to be talking yourself into Princeton keeping it tight I, I know you're not saying Princeton's gonna win but even keeping it tight good fucking luck I just want to pull up this tweet this, I, this is June 29th 2021. I'm going to get ahead of this. I won't be fading Maryland next year. This is when they announced that Keegan Khan and Jonathan Donville were going to Maryland. And I, was, I remember being like, Maryland, this is going to be Maryland's best team ever. I warned myself not to fade Maryland at any time throughout the season. And, the, and I only bet against them twice and both times I've lost. And they're both Virginia games. Like I told myself, don't do it. And I still did it. Dude, I mean, again, Sam English, great lacrosse player, big fan of him, love watching him play. Chris Brown, guy can score the shit out of the ball. Alex Slusher, great talent for Princeton. I'm excited to watch him next year. Um, Colter Mackesy, guy like just smooth, smooth stroke. Real big fan of all those guys. The only issue, there's like four guys on Maryland who are better than all of them. Don't I don't disagree. They, look, look, yeah. also like Sandoval also kind of got wrecked yesterday. So yeah, I mean the, the, all I'm saying, this is my only point with the whole entire game. If Princeton can keep Weirman to 60% or less, they they could cover the spread. Do you remember any moment of yesterday of that Princeton Yale game? I'm trying to think about it right now. I remember oh, that. Hit. Up, do, do you know that like like basically midway through the third quarter or like through the like fourth, I was like, dude, it is so nice. Princeton's winning this game. This is like, I watched two boring lacrosse games and I was sitting in the stands melting. I was like, I got to get down to the beach. Had my friend drive me and I was watching, watching the fourth quarter on my FUBU TDF. Like it was probably the least memorable game. I liked like Rutgers was pretty memorable. It had a shot. It had a shot at the end. I thought it was definitely going to go to overtime that Rutgers pen game, but Yale Princeton it was Princeton basically the entire game up like three or four, like in a comfortable lead, never really got too close. Yeah. I mean, the hits, the hits in the Princeton game were the, like the only thing where I was like, Oh wow. Like that was a, that was a nice hit. Um, who had, someone had a, somebody had a dirty goal, like right on the crease. 
can't think of who it was. Can't think of who it was. Oh, uh, well, it was, was it, was it a Brad, Brad Sharp goal for Yale? I, yes. I remember Brad Sharp had a garbage, a, had a, a garbage goal kind of. Okay. Mm, I'm, th- I'm, I'm blanking on it now. I, I remember, I remember he had, I remember he had like a sickle at one point and I was like, damn, like Brad Sharp, like that's, that's a player right there. Um, yeah. I mean, George Bond just dominated uh, Brandel um, had, had a few great runouts too. So like, I'm, I'm a huge George Bond guy for sure. Um, but the rest of that game, just not memorable in the slightest uh, the Cornell Delaware game. It just looked like, you know, Delaware just ran out of gas this season. Um, you know, like that's what you were talking about with Maryland. I, I, I don't think that you actually meant this, but what you were saying with Maryland treating the Virginia game, like their national championship. I think that Delaware treating that game against Georgetown, like a national championship game, which they had to, and unseeded team, so? dude, an unseeded team going up against it too. Like, that's like, like you're going there to shock the world, even though I don't think that a lot of people were shocked by it, but it's still like, you have to go to the number two team and like, it doesn't happen that often. Um, so I think just like, I don't know, it just seemed like there was a bit of a, emotional letdown in this one. Um, I mean, thank God for Ty Kurtz keeping this one close. I think he had like three straight in a row. He had like two in a row, then got a good look for which could have been like three goals on three shots. That one got stopped. But then I think he ended up having Delaware's third goal in a row. Um, So he, I mean, he had five on the day and what was the final? Yeah. So he had five out of Delaware's eight goals. Um, I mean, Piatelli, uh, and and long doing most of the work for Cornell. Uh, Chase Erlin looked looked really solid, but mm-hmm. just really nothing. Like it would be like Cornell would go on a small run, like a light jog. Delaware would go on a small run, light jog. Then Cornell, then Delaware flirted with going again, and then it was just like over. So like there was just there's nothing that will look back on that game and be like, oh yeah, like I remember that was awesome. Yeah, I'll only remember the Owen Grant goal, like the substitution. That was a sweet substitution. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that play a lot. Um, I mean, if you're listening to the podcast right now, chances are like you probably saw a bunch of people uh, already talking about this, but uh, Delaware gets the ball off the face off off of a uh, off of an infraction, and then you know instead of subbing uh, one of their wing guys off to the box in exchange for an omitty, they take uh, they just take their guy off the and send Owen Grant. Uh, straight down from his own box for a quick little step down. That's a sick play. And I tweeted this out at uh, tweeted at Diggs. I cannot wait to see how many high school teams around the country try to steal that play and then end up just pissing the ball away because they're setting up a, a, a play for a pole who can't actually shoot. Yeah. I mean, like, you have to have a like, pole like, that has hands. You, well, you have to have Owen Grant. You have to have like, Dukes. You have to have Dukes. <laughs> Dukes, in, Dukes in his ULAX league this summer. Yeah, I would crank. I'm not even kidding. I would crank with the pole. It's the only thing I know how to shoot with. Second, second oh, also your the lightning bug. Can we want to talk about the lightning bugs. Um. Yeah. I, so what the fuck was that? So I All think right. the the reporter. Do you know what the reporter directly said? All right. So. This was before the uh, before the Virginia Maryland game got going, and the sideline reporter for ESPN mentioned that she was talking to uh, Brett McCarr about like whatever about like Virginia's offense, 
And apparently the, the analogy that he used was they're like trying to catch a lightning bug in a jar there. And I, I think that he probably said, or, or maybe like she meant to say it, it's like trying to catch lightning in a jar. It'd be very difficult to catch a lightning in a jar. Um, but, but catching a lightning bug in a jar, I feel like is like the easiest thing of all. Like, I feel like that's what like every like four-year-old little kid does out in his, out in the yard in the summertime where like you go out there, you catch and then it, it lights up and you poke some holes in it. And it's a fun time. Like, I feel like you're, you can catch lightning bugs in a jar at four years old. You probably can't catch lightning in a jar at four. I, I said, I said that if that's what it took to go D one was catching lightning bugs, I would be an all American first team for Maryland this year, winning my like third national championship. Um, yeah. I mean, just, a just another bizarre, bizarre moment in a, in a pretty brutal quarterfinal weekend. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what else is there to even say? Like, what did you think about the shoe? Like, did you like the shoe? And like Columbus, I think that's no. I fucking hated Hated it. It It sucked. It's an empty football stadium. There's nobody there. You're not getting like a good view of the game. And like again, like I I know right now it's like like I don't want to be one of the like oh you got to put it in like a a super small venue that's strictly lacrosse lines like yada yada yada. Like it doesn't have to be that, but it also can't be the shoe. Like you you gotta find like something that's somewhere in the middle. Like I I think right now. It's got to be MLS venues like MLS stadiums, I think, are the perfect venue for where lacrosse is at as a sport right now. Um, I think they're, they're a little bit smaller, so you get a, a little bit more intimate so you can look on the on the broadcast. It still might not be full. Like if you put it out in Columbus, May 20, a team from Virginia, Maryland, like you're just not going to get that many people there regardless. So like, even if you put it, so like who, who's out in Columbus for, is there like the Columbus crew? I know that there's Columbus crew. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was a, it's a nice ass stadium. The PLL one there was, it, it got a good crowd. I thought that like, so, so you go there and like that. Now, I don't know if like the NCAA is just like, they're like, ah, well, we don't want to pay the Columbus crew to host there. And like, we would, wouldn't have to pay like, Ohio state as much. I don't, I like, I don't know. I'm sure that there's some politicking involved there, but MLS stadiums, I think are like, if you want a marquee lacrosse event right now, it's gotta be an MLS stadium. I even like, like what's, what's it like? I thought, what did, what did, how did Hofstra look on the TV? Hofstra looked fine. Um, like, cause like, it, it was packed. Like, yeah. Packed from like my, from my view. Yeah, I, I think that, but like, what's, I don't know. Now, now I'm thinking about it. Like, like there was both, just not, both sides, both sides yeah. and behind the end zone were like, like filled. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, I, maybe like just like the field itself, like wasn't anything that like took yeah. my breath away. So, like, maybe like that's where like going to like an MLS stadium would be a little bit different just because like it would just like look nicer on the broadcast. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like you could like hear the crowd getting into it and shit like that for the Hofstra game. So like, you could like hear like the environment being a factor. Yeah. Um, so I know, I mean like Hofstra is a great spot for, to put a, a marquee lacrosse event. Like you're going to get fans. That's there's no doubt about it. But if, but if you want to do, cause then I, you know, I see 
the the, the Eamon McEnany's out there and, and we love Eamon. So we're not this. This is not a a, a, a dig, Do but it. like but saying like, oh, well, like you can't just keep putting events on like on Long Island because then how are you going to grow the game? And it's like, OK, like that's if if you want to grow the game, though, and like put games in Ohio, like you're not going to grow shit by putting it playing it in an empty stadium like who's who's leaving that game and being like, Oh yeah. Like Columbus is a lacrosse town now. Like we had like eight people out there, but like you could, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're going to non hotbed areas, MLS is like caps it off like a nice little, like, I don't know. How many, how many fans do you think the Columbus crew stadium can hold? Let's, let's look it up. This is bad radio. I'll, but- I'll say this, like, even like, like the college world series, how it's always in Nebraska, North Northeastern States don't watch college baseball. Like I think putting the quarters, you know, like in long Island and Maryland and like Philly. And then like maybe the occasional like Denver, like do you think that Denver would be able to fill it out? Like that's even too far I, for some teams to go to. Yeah. But, like well, I don't think risk, risk, risking it for fucking Columbus doesn't do anything. Yeah. All right. So the, so historic crew stadium, uh, previously known as Columbus crew stadium, uh, it holds uh, just just a shade under twenty thousand, and then you know the horseshoe holds over you know a hundred thousand. So like, you put a non capacity crowd in there, like it's at least gonna look better. Um, so again, like yeah, I, th- I think if you're going non hotbed, find an MLS stadium to go to. You might not pack it out, but it's at least gonna look a little bit better. If you want to go and keep it in the hotbeds, then like you can go to a place where like Hofstra, where you know you're going to pack it out and you pack out that stadium and it's going to be a great environment. So I don't know. I, I think that that's, that's what I would do moving forward. But I also know that the NCAA doesn't really um, operate in terms of like, logistics. Uh, yeah, logistics and, and rational thinking and just making smart decisions. Like they'll typically just do the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely it's definitely what you said about like, just they want to go for the quarterfinals, like even just like NC, like NCA regulated stadiums. But like, I kind of liked what I forget who said it, maybe Joe French, like just, just go to like, you know, if it take, go to like the one, the one seat and the two seat or like the highest seat on the other side of the bracket and like kind of make it like a last minute decision. I don't know if that's like smart or not. The only thing that like you open yourself up to like at that point is like, would like never happen, but like, what if like Cleveland State just like had like a sick season and then they were like a well, one seat? Like, like it, it just, it just, it just opened. I, I would love that. It would be great chaos, but like, if Cleveland State, so if Cleveland State was the number two team in the country and they had to host in that scenario, I think that Cleveland State would like show the fuck out for it. Do you like, I think that they'd be like, this is wild. Our lacrosse team that like we don't ever have any opportunity like this. Like, we're number two in the country. Like, we're lacrosse school now. Like, I think that Cleveland State guys would like get down for it. I bet you that like Maybe. they have. Like, I, I would. I would hope they so. have I the would, parties. Would, all would, the girls would go. I'm telling I, you, I, Cleveland I would, State I, would show out. <laughs> I would hope so, but I'm saying like you just open yourself up to like that being like a possibility, or like Canisius, like yeah, Never or, mind. Or, I'm out. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like or, or like what? What if? What if somehow Wagner decides that they're not the the worst lacrosse school ever again, and then you got to like, all right, so who? Let's go to Staten Island for the day. Yeah, and we'll get some good sandwiches, maybe a slice of pizza. Yeah. Um, no, it's 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 a brilliant idea if you have 
like two ACC schools at the top of, of the bracket, or if you have, yeah, like if, if it was like Yale and, and Virginia or Yale and UNC, yeah, I, I'd say do that all the time. Um, it's just, I guess that there's like some yeah, sort cool. of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just do it at Yale all the time. Actually, maybe what we'll do is just every year, Joe Sai will build a new stadium around the nation yes. to host a tournament at grow the game. Yep. Um, but yeah, so quarterfinal weekend, um, just four lackluster games. I mean, we saw, we saw Virginia or we saw, well, we saw the Virginia dynasty die. Um, so, I mean, listen, a, a historic run from Virginia for sure. Um, I mean, not too many back-to-back champions in recent history. So you've, you had back-to-back, uh, I mean, I guess, what were they? They were the first to do it since Duke in 13, 14, uh, they were probably the first to do it since Syracuse, but either way, great run for Virginia, but they get Molly whopped by Maryland. Maryland cements themselves as the most dominant team in college across history. After they get these next two wins next week, uh, Rutgers, listen, uh, I've been down on them the whole time. I, I, and I said this before I said that I was going to continue to hate Rutgers until they prove to me, until they give me a reason to not doubt and hate them anymore. They did that this week. So my, my just blind hatred of Rutgers that's out the window. So congratulations to Rutgers for that one. Um, I am very excited and nervous for the cursed family. I think that that's, that's quite the matchup to keep an eye on. Um, and I mean, yeah, that, that Princeton Yale game, really cool hit by George Pond. That's it. Yeah. The, the only thing that uh, this is my last theory for the episode, I think I'm starting to think I started, I said this earlier uh, in a tweet, but I think that Tillman and Donna worked out a deal to keep Notre Dame out. I think that Tillman played Notre Dame the first time around. He's like, wow, this is such an impressive team. Uh, th- this defense, this offense, I'm, I'm petrified of going into the tournament. And he was like, Donna, if you look, if you look at the RPI and you look at who they played, they really beat nobody. If you, if you really look into it, and Donna's like, Coach, you're, you're kind of right. What should we do? And he's like, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm saying I'm suggesting that you, you look at keeping them out of the tournament. I think that's the the integrity. Harvard Harvard has an easier has has a better resume. So look. I, I don't know what happened, but it's just something that you should consider. Do you think that that was the deal with the with the devil Donna? She was like, all right, I'll keep Notre Dame out of the tournament, but you then also have to go to Columbus to play against Virginia in the quarterfinals? It, potentially. Maybe, that, seemed, maybe. that seems like a, like a fair trade-off. I, I think that Tillman had a hand in keeping Notre Dame out of the tournament. All right. I mean, I guess. I he, guess was we'll to to, lose, he was scared to lose to them by far. All right. Well, I mean, Donna seems like a – I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can get like the Verizon records. Maybe we can pull her phone records, check those messages, get the emails. We got to get Donna's emails. Um, we got to see the correspondence between Donna and Tillman uh, to see if any tomfoolery was afoot. What, what, and all it just, and just close everything up. What an awful tournament we have. Awful tournament. Could this you imagine? Is, could you imagine if, if we got a chance to watch Notre Dame and Duke in any of these games this weekend? Dude, every, I say every single game, I get more mad and mad at Donna. Cause I'm just like, Notre Dame would beat them. Notre Dame would beat them. Duke could beat this team. Duke would beat this team. Like it, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. The fact that we have two big 10 teams and credit, they, you, you play who you play and you have to be who you have to be. So like not knocking anything away. I mean, but two big 10, two big 10s and two Ivies. 
I mean, it'd be, no, it'd, it'd be, it'd be one less Ivy and one less Big Ten if Notre Dame or Duke was in it. But that's, you know, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, no, I don't think that Duke would get. I, I, I do think that Notre Dame had a like a very, very legitimate chance of getting to Memorial Day weekend that they were robbed of. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, what, what did we have? We had a, a, a good game between Yale and St. Joe's. We had a, a, an exciting finish with Penn and Richmond. Uh, Delaware beating uh, Georgetown was awesome. So that was what? That's we, We've had 12 games so far, and, like, three of them were, were It's a good. really bad tournament. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's unfortunate. Uh, but at the same time, we still have four teams left. We've got, uh, you know, two days of games, seven days left of the season, um, three games all culminating next weekend. Uh, listen, maybe not. I don't know. It, it's tough to say this. Like, I, I want you to really push lacrosse onto your like non-lacrosse fan friends this weekend, like just because this is always the biggest weekend for lacrosse. Like this is a weekend where like you can get big cat watching lacrosse that that's huge. This is a weekend where, you know, you you've got your buddies, you're down the shore, gas and a few beers, uh, you know, you throw it on and, and just like as you're barbecuing or whatever, and maybe people get involved a little bit. I just don't think like, just do it for the Cornell Rutgers game. Or the yeah 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 um just don't have people tune into an absolute dick kicking which we're gonna get two of those one on Saturday and one on Monday. Look, if you go to like a beach club or something, like go to the beach. Don't stay home. Go to the beach. Throw it on a, in a cabana. Throw it on the TV. Go to a bar. Throw it on the TV. I'm telling you, this is this is Maryland national champs. I wonder what ring size Tillman has. I wonder what ring he's gonna put a second ring on. What finger he's gonna put a second ring on. Um. I want the, the, the biggest question is going to win most astounding, most outstanding player. Um, but we'll get into that next episode. Yeah, I guess we will. I, right now my money's, I mean, I'd say, I'd say DeMeo or Weirman. I'd say Bubba Fairman. Everyone always doubts them. Listen, I mean, Bubba, Bubba had a huge game. So he's, he's had a huge story. I mean, so they, far. Those those short stick team middies. I mean, like all four of them are just studs. It's just unbelievable. No, actually, I'd give most outstanding to whoever's uh, running the box for Maryland. I mean, this team in transition is just so lethal. They get so many looks out of the substitution game. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Um, if you are an offensive midi and you get stuck on defense playing against Maryland next week, so if you're a Princeton omid, you get stuck playing D. Just don't even think about going off the field. Just stay on, save yourself the trouble because you're going to make your, the rest, like the best thing that can happen, you get taken one-on-one, they take you to the rack, they score, whatever. They were supposed to score anyway. You're an offensive midi. If you just like hang your teammates out to dry because you try to get off the field in that substitution game and they've got you cooked by 15 yards, not a good look. Uh, but yeah, so quarterfinal weekend, we've got, uh, we'll, we'll be back on Thursday or Friday. Um, maybe we'll try to get this next episode out on Thursday. That way, uh, everyone will have it. Eh. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe if people are trying to head to the shore Thursday night, beat the traffic, trying kind of speaking about myself right now. Um, (laughs) 
but yeah, either, either Thursday or Friday, we will be back with our final four preview show. And then, I mean, counting down the days to the end of the college season. And then we've got PLL right around the corner. So we won't be going anywhere. Uh, Dukes, anything else before we close up shot for the day? Speaking of PLL, um, you know, Maryland might be the only team to win two, two, a national championship and a PLL championship in the same year. I, I, th- I think that if they, if they played in the PLL, like, I don't see why they couldn't. Right, the, the their entire their entire starting yeah their entire team got drafted. They've been playing together for months. Like, it they yeah they could probably be colder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube, uh, the Crease Dive on there. We are also at the Crease Dive on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow. Let's get one real strong final push for the socials as we head into uh, Memorial Day weekend. So, listen, we we we've been we've been putting on. Uh, you know, we we've been trying to do our best for you guys all season long. The least you can do is smash that subscribe button, smash that follow button. Uh, let's get one good final push on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it There was a time that was far away. I didn't know you, but I knew your name. We would talk, I got nothing to say, but hear me now. You're like an angel that is just for me. I bless your heart, let your mind go free. And it's too loud on the earth today, so let's go.